live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The one thing that I've been able to do over the last, certainly last 15 years, is have a front front seat view of the way professional organizations go about their business with GMs, coaches. You know, we've had some really, really good players over the years, and so all 32 teams. I, I was talking to someone early in the uh, process of becoming a coach here is that, you know, just the way people do your business, you have great respect for the ones that dive deep. I, you know, it's it's not recruiting, and I, I understand the difference, but free agency to me is a labor-intensive proposition. That means that the hardest working, the deepest digging staffs, a lot like recruiting, uh, they get the best players. That is Urban Meyer. Talked at length today. And uh, some common threads. Continues to talk about the best for the players. Uh, his his What now will be, I think, in the terms of the fan, kind of like these cliches or, or talking points that you constantly hear. And what's interesting about that when you have somebody new, and if you've even read like Urban Meyer's books, which we... Uh, I have at least a little bit, or listen to it. Uh, you can tell these are like tenets of what he's about, and that gets spread inside the organization, and so therefore you hear those phrases and words a lot. Uh, the fan doesn't mind that unless they're losing. <laughs> no, without <laughs> a doubt. And then they get tired of them. But the bottom line is, and this is where I think this is important, though, it's kind of mundane stuff, but it's what I take away from the communication of Urban Meyer, Austin. Uh, and he's a good communicator. And I think what he's doing is he's setting up these coaches that he trusts and this underbelly underneath him, and he's sending that message on a daily basis, probably multiple times a day, of what they want to be, what they want to do constantly, even what we're hearing in, in his media sessions. And then they sprinkle that down to the players. And so... In my opinion, it's a great form of communication. It's There's no message to be lost, and it's a constant. And if that can stay consistent, consistency can be king in a leadership point of uh, spot because you start being inconsistent, and then people are guessing, and they don't know which way to go. And so I think that's part of the reason why he's been so successful, man. He has a vision. He sp- shares that vision verbally, and he preaches that vision daily, and now they have to go execute the vision once they get everybody in there. Exactly. And, you know, I'm very critical sometimes when coaches hire who they know as opposed to the best possible candidate. Now, we're not sure if these, these are the best possible candidates or not at the coordinator position at the, at the, you know, at just at any position in this coaching staff right now. We'll find out. Hindsight's 2020. But I will make an exception when I say I do like the fact that it seems like he's got guys that he knows and guys that kind of share a lot of his characteristics. Now, I can only speak from experience with Joe Cohen, but I see a lot of similarities between Joe Cohen and Urban Meyer in terms of intensity, in terms of always, you know, saying you got to finish the play, finish the play. Like both those guys uh, live and die by those types of phrases. And I think that Strong fits that same case as well, you know, being the linebackers coach slash assistant uh, head coach. So I like the fact that he's got a lot of guys that share his personality mindset. Now, sometimes that that can be a bad thing because it takes all types to run a locker room. But I think for your first year, getting guys that think like you do, that analyze the game of football like you do, that's only going to benefit you when you're trying to get your message across. Five o'clock hour here on a Tuesday Players Championship Week. We're live at some of the local golf courses in the area today at St. John's Golf and Country Club, and it's a beautiful evening. 
It is happy hour time, and it's happy hour horn time here on the show. Taste the islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave from tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. Taste the islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila imported directly from Tequila, Mexico to Jacksonville Beach. Vida de Luis, the only locally owned tequila in Jack's Beach. So support local. Try Vida de Luis. Go visit VidaDeLuis.com to find out where you can pick up a bottle of Vida de Luis. Taste the islands in every drop. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here on a Tuesday. What a fun day. It's been a lot going on. We're going to get to Jared Rice in the Players' Championship. Tyler McCumber, one of the golfers participating in the Players' Championship here in this hour. Let's get to Steven first. Talk some more football. He's on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, guys, what's up? What up, Steven? Hey, not too much. Love the comment earlier, uh, Brent, 3-2-1, Curtis Samuel. Love it. <laughs> there it is. There Here it is. you are. Uh, you took, what took so long? <laughs> oh, well, it's not about receivers. Mine's uh, D-line, so, of course, I need Austin on this one. Gotcha. Uh, since uh, we're moving to a 3-4, and I know we need interior beyond belief, and Dalvin Tomlinson, that, that would be a good one in my opinion. Now, my question would be, do you think we have a solidified defensive end, meaning hand in the dirt on the inside of either Josh Allen or Caleb on chase on? I mean, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if we have a solidified one. I mean, my example for the draft would be somebody like, uh, the guy out of UAB, Jordan Smith, that big six, seven, you know, 250 pound guy who's an edge rusher, but he's a traditional hand in the dirt type of defensive end or the two out of uh, Florida State mostly play hands in the dirt. So essentially what you're talking about here, Stephen, is you're talking about a, a traditional 3-4 straight-up defense, but the, the defensive ends for that. Yeah. Correct? Okay, yeah. So to answer that question, obviously you address that in free agency a little bit. Um, you know, the, 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 here's the cool thing about the nose tackle and a, and a defensive end in a 3-4 defense. Traditionally, the way the 3-4 works is you put your nose tackle, who's the big, um, you know, big body type of individual. He's hard to move, good explosiveness. You put him at the nose because nine times out of ten, he's going to be too gapping. The defensive end position that I play a little bit in Kansas City in a true 3-4, it still requires a lot of the things that the, the, the nose tackle would do. So when we put it like that, like, is Devon Hamilton suited for more of a nose, you know, technique? Probably. But could Devon Hamilton play a three technique? I think so. So, you know, there are some interchangeable pieces there that you can move around with. Now, like, I'm not ready to sell Taven Bryan as a starter or even a depth position yet, but he is on the team, obviously. But, the fact that it's interchangeable, I think, helps in terms of the guys that you draft and the guys you address in free agency. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call. Uh, hey, Austin, uh, speaking of Hamilton, did you catch where Urban Meyer said, I think, Devon Hawkins? Yeah. Is hey. <laughs> How do you think, like, Hamilton obviously was coached by Meyer. He's a second-year guy. Yeah. And we were, we were laughing about this because somebody's going to run off of that and make it a big deal. And it's like, Urban Meyer has so much going on right now. Yeah. He's got so many people he's hiring in the building. For him to make a mistake on names well, or not even remember who he hires, like, I don't think that's that far-fetched. But you know somebody's taken off and running with the fact that he, he didn't name Hamilton correctly. Well, <laughs> I'll be honest, man. If my former head college football coach who coached me 
was now the coach of my NFL team, and he mispronounced my name, I'm going to be a little bummed. Now, I understand he's under a lot of pressure and all that stuff, and he's copying me in terms of trucking up the deuce when he says bye to everybody, but I'd still be pretty bummed about it. Yeah, look, look, here's the deal. If Matt Griffin... Yeah. Had said something like in a meeting, be like, "Hey, let me tell you about Austin Lanzi." Yeah, <laughs> Austin Lanzi. Oh, I'm out. I'm out, man. I'm I'm putting my trade request that night, sir. All right, that night I'm putting the trade request in. What I want to know, and I haven't done enough thinking about this, but I'm bringing it up right now, and somebody probably already knows, is who did he coach that is named Hawkins that he got it confused with? Was it A.J. Hawk, who's an Ohio State guy? It might guy? have been. Maybe he's got a couple daughters. I'm not sure how old they are. Maybe they have, they have like a Sadie Hawkins dance coming up. So maybe <laughs> he got that confused a little bit. Yeah, but, I hey, don't think it was but, that. Hey, but, but, hey, but you know what I was doing, Brett, when he said that, right? I'm like, okay, I should probably know that guy. I don't know him. So I, I'm Googling this dude. I, I'm Googling <laughs> Devon Hawkins, and I can't find him. I'm like, is he a safety like, is he one of the sages that played last year that I didn't really know? No, like, I couldn't find the guy, so I'm like, okay, it must have been Hamilton. That is awesome. That yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even, like... <laughs> you didn't seriously do that, did I, you? I swear. Because, well, here's what I thought. I'm like, he might have meant Devon Hamilton because he mentioned Josh Allen, right? So I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, Devon Hawkins. I'm like... Well, if he meant Hamilton, he probably would have said Hamilton because he coached him. So why would he mess the name up? So then I'm Googling Devon Hawkins safety, Devon Hawkins secondary, cornerback. Then I'm like, did he play linebacker last year? I'm like, no, I couldn't find him. So then I put two and two together. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that you did that. Um, that is awesome. <laughs> I mean, what do like, you want me to seriously? do, Brad? I'm doing my due diligence. Sorry for sorry for helping out the show, man. Devon Hawkins. Got to do my research on him. Let's get him in free agency That's next week. That's what I'm saying. Let me I mean, sign somebody without knowing. Forget about this J.J. Walk. Yeah. No, yeah. And, well, and then the best part was, too, is there was a Devon Hawkins that I found. He was from Kentucky. Uh, he's committed this year. But in case you didn't know who Devon Hawkins was, he's committed this year to, to uh, University of Kentucky, I believe. And he's a three-star prospect. So I'm like, did Urban get that confused with somebody else? I was... I was all over the place. So maybe that's what he meant, Brent. Maybe he was talking about Devon Hawkins, the the high school recruit. Because you should probably Google, you should probably look up on a Google trend and see if Devon Hawkins was trending this afternoon. Shout out uh, to Devon Hawkins from Hollywood, <laughs> Florida. Uh, he, he went to, and I and I can't pronounce this name. Chamanade, C H A M I N A D E. Chamanade. Yeah. Ch- Chamende Madonna Prep. Chamende Madonna. Uh, get a longer uh, name you sure, in your school. You sure, you sure it's not like Shamanad? Okay, it might be Shamanad. Yeah, Shamanad. Shamanad okay. Madonna. Madonna Prep. Uh, and where he, is that? Kentucky? No, it's in Hollywood, Florida, but he's going to Kentucky. Oh, 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 yeah, it's definitely Shamanad Madonna. I'm sorry. I didn't okay. know he was from uh, So, Florida according school, yeah. to uh, Google Trends, in the past four hours, there have been over 150 shir- uh, searches for that name. And five really? of them for me. That is terrific. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so good. So you aren't the only one. I'm not the only one, Brent. People got to find that diligence. so quick. Is Google Trends that easy to look up? Google, anybody, yeah. Oh, hey, Google Trends is any, great. Hey, has anybody uh, Googled Austin Lane? Or ESPN 690. <laughs> or Brent Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, who, who has more Google Trends? For, I know we got interviews coming up. Forget about them. Uh, <laughs> let's see who has more trends right now, Coos. Me or Brent Martin? Uh, no, that's A U S T E N. Yeah, like that was spelled right. <laughs> don't oh, yeah. don't on, screw this on. up now. In the last 12 months... Hit me with it. Well, you've had a good amount of searches. Hit me apparently. with it. Well, it doesn't give me a, a, a number. I can just see you You can broke 100 you, three going, times. In wow. a day? 
Uh, I don't know. This just says in between March 15th and July, or yeah, July 5th. Yeah, so summertime, do, it's hot. Oh, yep. Let's do the last seven days, see if there's anything here. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is, oh, Florida's the most searched. As it should be. Yeah, and Jacksonville. Look at this. There you go. You okay. got people that still don't know who you are in Jacksonville. They got to Google you. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I can see Iowa, Wisconsin, because my grandma wants to keep up on me. But that's cool <laughs> that Jacksonville's on board as well. Now, now she do Brett Martin Google you? Oh, she. Oh, no, I call her too. But she's she's always keeping tabs, you know, because when she turns on ESPN on on TV, she doesn't see me. She gets concerned. Have I been Googled once? Uh, let's find out. Hold on. You know, Brent had some articles if, out there. He's got some if videos. If not, I will Google myself. <laughs> <He's> gonna, <laughs> let's really try. Let's really test out these uh, these numbers here. All right. Yeah. Well. Okay. Google doesn't like me. It's like telling me your name's too long. <laughs> All right. Google yeah. can't even. Hey, it can't even recognize Brent Martino's name. It's like, did you mean Brent Martinez? You are, did you mean Brent somebody else? No, no, you no, thought no, that no. Austin okay. E and I was tough. You are. You are definitely on. Austin definitely has more than you, but you have a good amount of searches. You're. Well, you're over about good. twenty-five people each day in the past seven days. Hey, there we go. There there we go. What up, baby? Still got it. That's, oh, yeah. pretty good for the, that's pretty good for the brand right there, people. <laughs> Still got it. Hey, Brad, I'm going to need you to bump your numbers up a little bit, though, for our show, all right? <laughs> yeah. Start doing I, some crazy stuff. I, I kind of think that's good, uh, not, but we'll try to bump it up even more. What now, Coos? Are these, uh, do like, the police reports count, too, as well? I'm not saying I've been in there. <laughs> just saying. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's just people going to Google and searching your name. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all right. Maybe uh, there's some employers interested. Who knows? Coos, do we have anybody on the line? I'm, I'm keeping waiting. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, And we're looking up how many times our names have been Googled. I, yeah, we got important stuff oh, going on man. here. Oh, man, yeah, for sure. Uh, Brent Martin Austin Lane, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Coos, just, just made a liner. A-U-S-T. <laughs> yep, that's a liner for sure. Just made a liner, Coos. Bossman Nick, hope you're listening. I Pay like attention. it, I like it. Uh, and, you know, we used to have this thing. I'll tell you a real quick story. Uh, in Alexandria, Louisiana, my first TV job, yep. they had, uh, so in, in ratings, they have diaries, you know, especially back in the day. I don't do it as much anymore. I think huh. it's extinct. But mm-hmm. basically, like, people who would do the ratings, they'd ask, like Nielsen would ask, they, they'd write it down. So, like, you'd write what you were watching during the day and that time. Okay. And then some, then sooner or later, well, at some point, they went to these metered markets, right? They used the technology. But to be honest with you, the diaries didn't phase out. And I, I think they're now completely phased out, but they didn't phase out until recently. Uh, and so you would seriously write down, like, what station you were watching. Well, we had the station in uh, Alexandria. We... It was called KLAX. Okay. And if you ask Steph right now and you say, like, KLAX, she'll say the, the promo. This was an actual promo on the air in Alexandria, Louisiana. It said, KLAX, write it down. <laughs> it like, so so here we go. I love it. Here we go. Brent Martin of Austin Lane. I Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Write it Google down. it. Google it. I love it. Google it. And, Coos, speaking of uh, Coos, can you print those results off so we can give those to our advertising department a little bit? Because if people yeah. are searching my name. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Th- I'll, I'll look. There is value in that. <laughs> so, let's, so let's go ahead and put that to the advertising department because if I hear back to back to back to back to back to back, Brent Martino commercials one more time during the commercial break. I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, me too. Uh, we we got a brand, people. Yeah, we, we got do. a brand. Yeah, uh, hey, this has been a busy day in the NFL, really. Uh, just to revisit, we did this at the start of the show, but if you're just jumping in with us, I mean, it's tag day in the NFL. Leonard Williams, Justin Simmons, if you had any plans for those guys, Jaguars fans, going after them with the money, no good. They get tagged by the Broncos and, of course, the Giants for Leonard Williams. 
Hunter Henry does not get tagged. Jonu Smith does not get tagged. We talked about it in the last hour. That's a pretty big deal for Jacksonville, Austin. That could be appetizing. Yes. And we even went as far to say it will be disappointing if the Jaguars don't get one of those players. Yeah. I mean, I know it, Brent. You know it. Urban Meyer knows it. The entire city knows it. You need to address the tight end position, and you have to do it as soon as possible, especially when you have a rookie quarterback coming in. I always allude to this. Um, the tight end position, it can bail the rookie quarterback out of a lot. So I absolutely address it, whether it is John Lewis Smith or Hunter Henry. I feel like with either of those guys, Probably along the same price tag. You can't go wrong with either of them. Uh, go ahead and take you know your spice of life, which one you like better. But you have to get one of those guys. And it, it is a necessity. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. If you have to overpay for them, so be it. But you got to do it. Hey, Aaron Jones, uh, Green Bay, going to free agency. No surprise there. Any interest in Aaron Jones? I think he's going to command way too much money. So, I mean, he, he's a hell of a player. Uh, let's not get it twisted. But for what he's going to want on the market, probably not. Cam Robinson gets tagged by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think it's surprising, but it's an interesting move, and I love the move. I say, hey, it doesn't cost the franchise that much. They've got plenty of money, and I want to see where Cam's career is going. It's low risk. If it's if he turns out to be very good this year, you pay him big bucks and you make him your franchise tackle. If it doesn't, you move on. It's the sure thing, right? Because we don't know what, what the price tag of Orlando Brown right now and how much you have to give up to get him. It's probably going to be a lot. And then with Trent Williams, he's probably going to command a lot of money too. Obviously, in the back nine of his career, and it depends if he wants to come to Jacksonville in the first place. You got the sure thing in Cam Robinson. And Cam Robinson... You probably feel a lot more confident going into the season with him than a guy that you'd maybe take in the late to first to early to second, third rounds of the NFL draft. So there wasn't a lot of choices to make. I think the Jaguars made the safe one. Hopefully that pays off. Well, uh, the the other thing that's interesting, we haven't talked about Urban Meyer said, but boy, what a vote of confidence for James Robinson, huh? Basically yeah. said we're all set yeah. with James Robinson. Now, that doesn't mean they won't look at other uh, a complimentary back. Yes. But they really like James Robinson, and that was evident. Absolutely. And I think that they will adjust it a little more. I think you do need that third-down type of back. I think James Robinson's more than capable as a wide receiver, you know, as a receiver in the backfield. But in terms of a dynamic playmaker, you can always add one more piece. But as far as that bruising, downhill, Mr. Dependable, get you a couple yards here or there, James Robinson is that guy. There's no reason not to like him after what you saw from last year. All right, uh, Ben's hanging on the line right now. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I think has a thought or two on Cam Robinson. What's up, Ben? Thanks for listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm a fan of two pretty mediocre franchises, the Orlando Magic and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And one thing that I see, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) One thing I see is a common theme is that there's an inability sometimes to admit that there's a problem. And we have a narrative that forms around the position with the Magic. It's the point guard position for years. We were just acting like Alfred Payton was going to suddenly become Rondo. And here in Jacksonville, it seems to be very much so the narrative is that Cam Robinson is an average left tackle. And my question to you is by what empirical standard are we judging Cam Robinson as the 15th best or 16th best left tackle in the NFL, because anything that does a metric, wins over replacement, wins over average, the PFF grading, anything that grades out tackles, says he is at the very bottom of the NFL. 
in terms of performance. I think over the last two years, he's number four in pressures allowed, with Jawan Taylor being number one. So how are we sitting here with two tackles that are worse than what the Bengals have as their starting tackles and saying we're going to keep Trevor Lawrence from not ending up like Joe Burrow, but we're giving $14 million to a guy who is objectively, by any objective standard, one of the worst starting left tackles in the NFL. Ben, a really good call, man. Appreciate the thoughts, too. And uh, I will say, in all honesty, at least from my seat, partly uh, some of how are we saying he is this or that is a straight ignorance of the offensive line position. <laughs> like I don't know how they're grading him on that. And we just go a lot of times with what we have as intel and what we're hearing from coaches or people in the building or some of our contacts. I don't sit there, in, in full disclosure, and judge the left tackle, the left guard, the center, the right guard. I don't see that with my eyes as well as I might be able to tell what a wide receiver, running back, quarterback, uh, heck, even a linebacker or, or pass rusher is doing, uh, in full disclosure. I think most of us are like that, whether we want to admit that or not. The metrics are interesting because some people firmly believe in those pro football focus numbers or other metrics and others don't. I don't know if Ben is the same person that uh, commented on the feed, and I saw a comment in the last hour or so that, that had all these bad uh, numbers. Austin for Cam Robinson over the last couple of years, uh, like dead last in, in some of these areas. So, listen, the metrics might say that. I just feel like whether if you can't get Orlando Brown, if you can't get Trent Williams, or if you think he's aged out, which I can understand that logic, I don't think it's a bad move to see where Cam's career is headed. I don't think he was that bad for them last year. I don't think he was an all-pro either. Uh, and so I think it's the best way to be right now, and you're not stuck. It's very low risk moving forward if these numbers are correct about Cam Robinson and he turns out just not to be that good. No, without a doubt. Listen, when you break down Cam Robinson right now, and I get it, you, you want to bring up numbers over his entire career. Now, I can sit here and tell you that in 2020, he played a lot better in 2019. Whether you... You know, you buy into the fact that his knee was really hurting him after that 2018 campaign or not, that's up to you. But I feel like the fact that they have George Warhawk, and obviously he's vouched for Cam Robinson. I thought you saw Cam Robinson play better last year. I think he gave up five sacks total. Now, a lot of pressures come with that as well. But I think where you sit right now is what is the better option? Because once again, does Trent Williams want to come to Jacksonville? We don't know that. So are you going to let Cam Robinson go and say, okay, well, hopefully we can get Orlando Brown or Trent Williams? Because if you don't get any of the, uh, one of those guys, then what do you do? You, you're yeah. going to go with, with a rookie guy in the NFL draft? Like, listen, just because Cam Robinson is a starting left tackle right now for the Jaguars doesn't mean, day, like, you know, when, when it's game number one, he'll be the starting left tackle. I can see them maybe trying to get Trent Williams still. Maybe Orlando Brown comes through, and maybe they move Cam Robinson to guard. Like, you never know what's going to happen. But I just feel right now, from this franchise's perspective, and trying to keep this offensive line that let James Robinson do what James Robinson does, you got to keep them together as much as possible unless you can upgrade. And right now, from the upgrading position at the left tackle, it's not that easy. Because like I, I go ahead. No, no, go finish up. Oh no, because like I've been saying, I think Baltimore is going to hold Orlando Brown ransom, and I don't think Trent Williams wants to come to Jacksonville.
Yeah, and I don't know that, but I don't think they're going to get Trent Williams after they just franchise tagged in the words that Urban Meyer said that he hopes he's to tackle for a long time in Jacksonville. I think there is a little bit of finger-crossing here on Cam Robinson. And again, I don't know if average is the right word. I've heard mixed reviews, and so to me, mixed reviews says a little bit of average to me. Uh, I don't think any of us are championing Cam Robinson to say, wow, he's the man. I mean, he's going to be this all-pro for I think it's an unknown commodity. I think the, the upgradability is certainly a question. So, Ben, I think that's a fair question, man. Uh, and I'm just being candid with you and saying I don't know if he's great. Like, I really still don't know. I just think it's a less – I think the risk is low to see one more year before we really know. Do we really know he's bad? I don't think we know that answer either. And so uh, I thought he played pretty decent last year. Not great, but again, pretty average. Well, <laughs> you know? and keep in mind too, if you if you want to bring up the Bengals tackles real quick, Jonah Williams, who was their first round pick, has played in ten total games in two seasons so far for them. Yeah, uh, and one last thing, I, I do think just so I don't speak out of both sides of my mouth, I applauded Urban Meyer for upgrading the receiver position, not getting satisfied. I'm, I do believe Urban Meyer and his staff probably said, let's try to upgrade this. Okay, what's the feasibility? Who's out there? And he even acknowledged, he said in his news conference today, that the tackle position is a tough one this year, which basically said there's not a lot of upgradability to me. Ben, good call, man. Good thought. You might be right on the money. I think we're going to find out about Cam Robinson. Tyler McCumber, Players Championship Talk. On the way, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, live from St. John's Golf Country Club. You can play this course, Discounted Golf, by going to ESPN690.com. The Dream 18 card, 25% off this week only during Players Week. Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And you always start at the quarterback position. Obviously, Gardner was a guy that had uh, some success early here. I spent a little bit of time with him, not a lot of time with him, but you always start at the quarterback position. And we have the number one pick. There's a lot of speculation out there that that will be the first pick. So the number one is just making sure we have exactly the quarterback room exactly the way we want it. Uh, from there, you look at a defense that really struggled in a lot of areas. And I always believe you start, you build your team, build your team around the defensive line, and then you move backwards. And so that's what we're going to do. So our defensive line, you know, we feel good about a, 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 a few of our players are pretty good. I just don't want to go into names right now. I don't think that's fair to the players. But defensive line will be solidified first, and then we move to the back of the defense. And our defensive secondary needs to be uh, revamped at a few spots. Yep. Don't go into the names. Shouldn't have did it. <laughs> should, should, should took your own advice. Uh, he raved about Josh Allen, and he should rave about Josh Allen. Urban Meyer talking today to the media and an update on really just about everything as we head into free agency next week. Fred Martino here at St. John's Golf and Country Club will be at TBC Sawgrass all the rest of the week. The Players' Championship Week, of course, celebrate golf in the area. Austin Lane, uh, back in the Action Sports Jack Studios, got a big fight coming up on Saturday down in Orlando. So we're ready for that. And right now we welcome into the show Tyler McCumber, first-timer at the Players' Championship, which seems kind of weird considering the, how many times he's played there and his dad won there back in 1988. Just doesn't seem like this would be the first time. Tyler, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Heck, before we get into golf, I know you're a big Jags fan. What do you think? Jags uh, franchise tag Cam Robinson today. Good move? Absolutely. Love it. Trevor to, Lawrence. You, guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Trevor Lawrence, man. How fired up are you? He, he passed out from excitement. Oh. <laughs> I lost him. Yeah. We lost him. Uh, oh, you broke up there. 
Uh, sorry, that's okay. No problem. I, I said Trevor Lawrence. Are you fired up about this whole Trevor and Urban Meyer thing with the Jags? Oh, well, obviously, you know, with the <laughs> with it breaking up, you could tell by my silence. I was just so, so <laughs> Uh, this is good. Hey, you, you're probably like, hey, I thought you guys wanted to talk some golf. No, man, no way, man. We'll talk football all day with you as well. Uh, are you excited right. to be get get uh, teeing up here at the Players Championship? Obviously, you grew up on the range. Your dad's history there. Uh, you're from Ponte Vedra. Uh, this must be pretty cool. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's um, so many memories uh, in the in this in the city on that course. Uh, growing up playing there. Um, obviously, as a spectator, um, you know, and now to be a part of the tournament playing, it's 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 really an awesome opportunity. Definitely happy to be back in Jacksonville. Tyler, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show because, you know, we've had a couple of members of the PJ Tour on, but no one, and I quote from Golf Digest, being the toughest guy on the PGA Tour right now for playing through this horrific hotel injury. Now, I read about the injury. I don't understand the injury. I got confused. It was a long article. So can you please indulge me a little bit? And feel free to spare, you know, don't spare any kind of details. But what happened in the hotel injury, and why are you considered the, the toughest golfer right now on the PGA Tour? Well, you know what's funny is I had, uh, along with your your doubts and questions, my college coach, I actually was just in a little group text with some of our old teammates and Buddy Alexander, the coach of Florida, he goes, I still am racking my brain how you said you smashed your finger in a window and you were opening it. He goes, where, where was your finger and how do you smash your finger when you're opening a window? He goes, <laughs> and I, I had to explain to him, actually, it was a sliding window left to right, um, not up and down. So uh, freak accident, obviously. Um, it got jammed in the sill um, when I when I opened it. Um, kind of hard to describe, um, but basically the, the, um, the window pinched my finger and the, the actual frame of the window went up and under and into the middle of my nail, um, and popping it up. So I had to pretty much get that nail removed with a procedure on Wednesday morning before the tournament. Um, you know, couldn't play with that nail on there, but. I was pretty lucky that I had a hand surgeon as the um, emergency medical surgeon on site. I uh, had a hand specialist, and he took care of me. And, um, yeah, I mean, you guys know the rest of the story. I was able to play, which was crazy. So, yeah, that's awesome. Are we talking a pair of pliers and, like, you just bit down <laughs> on, like, a wooden spoon? Yeah. Or what happened, man? <laughs> It was old-fashioned, bite on the belt, and just rip it off. Yes, no. sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had uh, – it was, it was pretty wild, actually. The, the, the medical um, tent was just to the right of number nine. Um, so I'm, when I get to the site, I, I didn't even know where it was. You know, hopefully you don't visit that part of the, the tournament when you're there that week. You know, that's <laughs> the goal. Never, never go into the medical site. But, um, you know, I was holding my fingers bleeding everywhere, and I'm walking up the night's fairway. Guys are like, what are you doing? Um and it was he had this whole his whole um uh surgical kit like spread out and they just did it right there on the spot which was nice they numbed it up and he sort of started cutting away at the nail removed it um i completely severed my nail bed it was detached we had to glue it um he had to like glue it in the back of my finger hoping that it would heal and start to grow a nail again but he said <laughs> the chances of me getting that nail back are about Sixty forty. So, how about that? <laughs> Condolences, man. Condolences. <laughs> Tyler, 
<laughs> Tyler McCumber with us. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'll tell you what. PGA Tour golfer most likely to fight Austin Lane in an MMA cage. It might oh. be Tyler McCumber because, I mean, look at you, man. BMX trail riding guy, skydiving guy. Uh you're a big-time surfer as well. I mean, you're a little atypical, and we knew this. If you know Tyler's story, you're not the typical pro golfer, are you? <laughs> I would say that some of my hobbies are, are maybe unique. But, yeah, I, I, I obviously love adventure. Um, maybe a, a bit a bit crazy. I, li- I like a little bit of the thrill, but not, nothing too wild. I think... Um, you know, with this finger, obviously, uh, running away with the toughness guy on the tour, those are, you know, that's, that's heightened and hyped. But I think, uh, you know, honestly, honestly, I was just lucky to play. Um, I, I thought when I did it, I was, I was, I didn't think I'd be playing for weeks, if not months. So honestly, to have that turnaround, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy turn of events to be able to tee it up that week. Tyler, as one guy who, who has a beard to another guy who has a beard in yourself, um, as far as like the PGA Tour rules are, like, can you grow that beard out as long as you can, or do they make you kind of maintain it and upkeep it, or could you just let it grow like Grizzly Adams, I guess you would say? You know what? Um, that's a good question. I think uh, I've never. I'll be honest. I've never been spoken to about my beard. Um, never been told to keep it a certain way. Um, you know, I think that self-expression is, is important, um, you know, to the tour. Obviously it's with, within regard, guidelines of respecting yourself and respecting other people. But, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've never been, I've never been, um, spoken to about it. So I've been able to keep the beard and it's gone through all the phases. I had a mohawk for a while. Um, I think last, all year last year on tour, I had a mohawk, um, which was, Cool. You know, I think it's good that we're allowed to express ourselves in, uh, in our own unique way. I like that, man. Now, yeah. now they just have to let you guys wear shorts, and now we're talking. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just in practice rounds for now. Yeah. Tyler McCumber with us. Hey, some of this adventure stuff, this low-key stuff, uh, th- does – does that translate in high-pressure situations? Uh, it, you know, if you're in contention, which you have been, by the way, a couple times earlier this season, do you yeah. still get nervous? Do, are you able to amp it down? I mean, I kind of think of Dustin Johnson, right? Like everybody says, DJ's got, like, no pulse half the time. I mean, are you, can you get yourself that way be, from the adventure thrills and kind of be like, hey, this is nothing, man? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a correlation. If you look if you look hard enough there, Um you know, obviously everyone has a unique personality and that's what's so fun about golf is it's really navigating your own unique way of of getting the job done. And like you mentioned, Dustin Johnson, he has that cadence of, of very mellow, never rushed, never hurried, um, and, and that's sort of his style. I think, um, you know, my, uh, just pretty much trying to be your own person um, out there is, is the most important part in which – you know, I, I feel like obviously I, I I do as well myself. Um, I'd say the relationship to the maybe some of the more extreme sports. Um, I would say the draw for me in you know mountain biking and, and uh, surfing and doing some of these things that maybe are a bit faster paced um, would be that they just really put you in the moment. Um, you can't think a step ahead or a step behind, which I really enjoy. You know, when you're cruising down the mountain on a mountain bike, thirty. 40 miles an hour, you know, it's hard to think much about what's going on at home or, or anything other than the next step. And, you know, honestly, I get that same, that same, um, get to that same place mentally, uh, with golf. You know, when you're in the hunt, 
and you're standing over a shot on, you know, say 17 years sawgrass or at RIV, um, conditions are tough, you know, you want to do well, it's the same thing. You just got to get into the moment and act like you're going 40 miles an hour down a down a big mountain slope on a mountain bike, you know. So there is a correlation there for sure. This may sound like a crazy question, but, like, where do you find that you get the most adrenaline? Like, is it playing golf and hitting that great shot on 17? Is it surfing? Is it mountain biking? Like, where do you get, like, the most adrenaline, I guess, rush from? Oh, wow. Um, they're all – there's so much different. But, yeah, yeah. like, you, may, you can you compare them and see the similarities. Um, I would say right now um, – if pure adrenaline, the mountain biking has been the most enjoyable uh, for adrenaline. But I'll tell you what, with uh, coming down the stretch at Punta Cana with a chance to win and holding a 15-foot on the last hole, uh, you know, in the fall, that was up there too. So they're 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 both such different beasts, but they're so enjoyable, and I I, I really like them both. There's been a lot of stories on you about surfing and out of Jack's Beach, and obviously from the area. Like, how will you surf this week? Or are you just playing golf? Um, yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I, I really get pretty focused at the tournaments. Um, you know, it's 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 more um, focused on my preparation for the week, getting my body right, my mind right, um, obviously, you know, getting fresh and rested to go compete on Thursday through Sunday. So I don't really surf much or do too much out of the preparation um, at tournament weeks. Um, I'll work out. Two or three times, um, but everything's focused about uh, focused on the tournament. Really, once I'm here, um, you know, maybe Sunday night or Monday morning after the event, if there's waves and the conditions sort of are are right, I might paddle out with a couple buddies or um, you know catch up with them over a little session, but not during the week. Tyler McCubber with us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll keep you just for another moment or two. Uh, and we talked to Lonto Griffin yesterday. He's played TPC Sawgrass three, 400 times. I can only imagine yours is probably up over 1,000, uh, most likely. Plus, you, you have your dad's stories and experiences. Do you seek your dad's advice anymore this week? Or do you know enough about this place, this tournament, where you really don't need it? It's kind of, kind of already built into you. No, I, I definitely... Um uh, reach out to dad, uh, and, and get his take on a lot of the courses because, um, you know, obviously he's played and has the playing experience, but he's also still involved with covering it on the XM radio and PJ tour live. So he's seeing it year in and year out, especially even as the course may change or start to play differently. And he's really, he's really good with the details on, on, um, course management and so we actually, uh, I, I bounce a lot of stuff off him every week because uh, he's familiar with most of the courses on tour, and obviously, especially, especially this week, um, you know, we've talked strategy on uh, with certain conditions when it gets firm and fast, which it is this year. Um, this is the best condition I've seen TPC in um, in my entire life, so it'll be really fun to play it in those conditions. That's pretty wild. Tyler McCumber, dad won it back in 1988. Do you, do you go there? Do you dream about it? Do you think about it? What that would mean for you, the family, if you could somehow Absolutely. in your career get it done? Absolutely. I think um, if you're not dreaming about winning big tournaments, then you probably shouldn't be on the PGA Tour. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, no doubt. Uh, hey, man, we wish you the best of luck. I didn't want to leave you this. I'm at St. John's Golf and Country Club. You know all the golf courses in the area. What's like your best round at a golf course in the area? Do you, do you like? Did you shoot 58 somewhere? 59, Palencia, Timaquana, Pablo. I mean, do you have one? Yeah. You know what? I, it, uh, I do have the last I checked. Um, I have a scorecard up at Northampton with the course record. 
I think it's, uh, oh, man, it was a while back. I think it's 63. Okay. That's a tough uh, I could course. be off the number, uh, you know, one or one or two up or down. But, uh, you know, and that's, a, as you guys know, you've probably been out there, that's a challenging course, especially when the wind blows. Um, yeah, I, I've shot some really good numbers out of Lagoon and Ocean. Um, you know, St. John's is probably the one I've played the least. I've been out that we used to have a junior tournament on the on that NFJG tour back in the day that we would go out yeah. and play. Um, so I probably haven't played it since I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, but yeah, most of my golf's really been at that Atlantic Beach Country Club and uh, Timaquana and and over at TPC, uh-huh. which those are three of my three of my all time favorite courses to play. Yeah, those those are three pretty darn good spots, and it'll be yeah, a good I'm spot lo- for you on Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Hopefully uh, Saturday, Sunday. Tyler McCumber, thanks for taking time, man. We appreciate it. Best of luck. We'll be watching you all week. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Talk soon. No problem. Awesome. And, uh, good to hear from Tyler McCumber. And good to see those guys uh, doing so well on the tour. And the story is, you know, I wasn't here for it, Austin. But can, you can um, obviously imagine. We've had some local guys win. But Mark McCumber's Jacksonville. Like, we've had uh, some some local flavor win. Fred Funk, of course, uh, comes to mind. Uh, Jim Furyk was in contention, didn't get it done. But Mark McCumber back in 88, like there were hometown signs on the course. Like it was that kind of feel to win the event, the Players' Championship. That would be pretty cool if father and son someday did it. That would be history right there, man. That'd be awesome. He is your kind of guy, by the way. No, I mean, trust me, I'm sending out a Facebook request right now as we speak because... We're definitely hanging out later after the tournament. Like, he, yeah, he, he seems like a cool guy. He is a really cool guy. Like, uh, like he wouldn't want to hang out with me. He'd want to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, don't be so hard on yourself, man. I want to hang out with you. Come on now. Ah, uh, yeah, well, I don't know about that. Uh, but anyway, okay. good luck to Tyler McCumber. He's just using you for the fireplace. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. When, when are we invited that again, by the way? Uh, no. Okay. Well, there it is. I'm going to call my boy Kingsbury. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play it like uh, that? Hey, we'll be at a different location tomorrow. Live, local, loud coming up next on ESPN 690. We'll see you on TV tonight as well. Really fun show today. If you missed any of it, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Are we podcast. done? Yeah, we're done. All right, well, then, hey, I'll tell you UFC story tomorrow. Can't wait. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I, I mean, can't. at this rate, it's going to be a, the, the best TED Talk ever. So just get ready. <laughs> you got to keep reminding me. We had all this football well, stuff Well, I thought today. we're going to come. It's 550. I thought we had another six I, minutes I, left. I know. We combined it. We made the we made the call to combine it so we could keep Tyler on. That was a fun conversation. It, it was a great conversation. Yeah. We will talk about this. I promise. We'll do it tomorrow because tomorrow's your last Let's do it in April. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you then. <laughs> talk to you guys later. For Coos and Austin Lane, I'm Brett hey, Martin. Hey, Evan Meyer, peace sign. <laughs> Stop copying me, dude. Thanks, everybody here at St. John's Golf and Country Club. We'll see you back at it tomorrow at 3 p.m. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.